Welcome to episode 11 of Critical Connections. Stories from 20 years of the Allied Media Conference. I am your host, Morgan Willis. I am Jenny Lee, your co-host. As we continue to feature interviews hosted by Emmy Kane, I'm really excited to bring into the fold of this podcast series one of our just longest, strongest allies, supporters, and visionaries, Dr. Moya Bailey. In this interview, Emmy Kane and Moya journey down many memory lanes trying to recall the wins and the hows of their long connection um, to the conference and the work. As a radical academic and technologist, Moya's story journey through the conference has shaped the content, the way we think about the intersection of technology, gender, race, and skill shares, how we ask for help, and um, how we engage the brilliance of people who have been coming and growing and changing through the conference um, over its 20 years. All right, without further ado, let's get into this brilliant conversation with Emmy Kane and Moya Bailey. Hello, Moya. Hello, Emmy. We are here at the 20th year of the Allied Media Conference. Yes. And I know that you have been coming to the Allied Media Conference for definitely as long as I have, maybe longer. You and I have worked on things at the AMC over the years. We have. I think you've come every year yeah pretty much you've just been a huge part of the conference mm-hmm. and are now on the board of directors yes yes of the conference so it sounds like I know it's been just like a journey of many different roles and experiences in the space and I realize that I don't know how you came to know the AMC yes so if you could tell us a little bit about how you entered this world yes so my AMC Origin story starts with Alexis pulling gums, and I think it was 2007 when she and I met uh, through our friend Fallon, and Alexis was like, you have to come to the Allied Media Conference. I think it was the year after Speak and some of the other women of color things had started, so my first AMC was 2008. And I felt so nurtured. I think it might have even been the first time Nadia had organized the Women of Color Skillshare. And so that was its first iteration. That was part of Insight Track. Or Insight, maybe not using the language of track yet, but Insight had a definite pull at the conference and was looking at AMC as an organizing spot. And so... My first experience at the conference was incredible. I've never been to a conference where I felt like people were so aligned and people were so open. I remember just suggesting something to Ginny very early on and her being like, oh yeah, of course, we can make that happen. And I was just like, that, what? Like, who is this person that's just volunteering to make these sorts of things occur and so after that I was like oh I really like this and then I started a campaign to get everyone I know to come and so one of those early connections was meeting Stacy Stacy Milburn formerly Kripchik here and Leah Lakshmi Samsinga and Mia Mingus and starting to build some way to talk about disability justice 
and AMC being a space where people thought things were possible. So we did organizing collective access that Leah and Mia and Stacy really brought folks together around and we created an opportunity to build accessibility into the conference as people were starting to come. And then relatedly, the Skillshare shifted and I started working on that more directly. So it became Shadigat Skills and it was like a woman of color and then queer of color space where people would teach each other you know, different technologies. And people would say, like, I'd never used Twitter before. I mean, that's what we were doing at that time, helping people set up Twitter accounts, helping people think about their social media presence. All of these things that now seem very antiquated, but at the time, we were, like, in that very early stage. So women of color bloggers... Brown Femi Power, when that was, yeah, so there's just like a lot of history of some of women of color's early digital connection, but in real life, that happened at the AMC, that really pulled me into the space. Did you and I work, you and I worked on a Skillshare one year, Mm -hmm. was that part of the Insight track? I have a hazy memory. And we also did a... Insight pre-conference, right. a network gathering at not Cast Commons, but something over there. Yeah, I think it was Cast Commons, maybe before it was called Cast Commons. Exactly. Again. Then there was the whole Drupal learning to maybe build Insights digital space and all of that. Neville and all of those other folks. So I mean, just lots of iterations of things that have gone on to different places. So you mentioned you came in 2008. At the time, were you living in Atlanta? Yes. So you mentioned having met with Leah Lakshmi and Stacey Milburn and Mia Mingus and sort of this space being where you sort of coalesced around some ideas and were able to build projects together. Mm-hmm. You and Mia both lived in in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Did you know each other there or was it AMC oh, yeah. the place? Mia and I had known each other for a long time since college. But Stacy was somebody that I met here and then Stacy and Mia also connected here. It was through their organizing of collective access that they decided to move to the Bay together. And I think they said that on their website that the AMC was really instrumental in helping them think that that was possible. Right. Yeah. And that's what's incredible to me about the AMC. It's like it's a place where your sort of radical imagination is allowed to run wild. Absolutely. Because what's reinforced is that it's possible, not that it's impossible. Exactly. And that creates like a different, I feel like it rewires my brain every time I come. Exactly. I spend the rest of the year being like, oh... Yeah, I can't do that. Or being told by institutions or, you know, the world at large that that sort of things are not possible. And I think that really does, it does something to your imagination. Absolutely. That gets undone or reworked every year (laughs) for me at the ANC. So that sounds like what you're describing. Exactly. And I think from 
personally, seeing scholarship in a new way has been so key to how I understand myself as an academic and, you know, not actually being too attached to that identity, but also thinking about how I leverage my academic privilege for the communities that I care about. And one of my first AMCs was the scholar whose name I always forget, who had created the app for people's phones to find water and Ricardo Dominguez. Yes. Mm -hmm. Crossing the border. And my mind was just blown. I was like, this is incredible. And I was like, oh, like he, he's like, I'm doing this and it's, you know, against the state. And also some people are, my institution is paying for it. And I know this is technically not legal or whatever, but that's, that's my commitment as a scholar. And I was like, yes, this is the kind of place I want to be. These are the kind of scholars I want to be connected with. And relatedly, I was just so touched this morning when Ruha was like, I understand why Moya has been telling me to come because I was like, I see Ruha Benjamin, also a scholar, in a similar way, like doing this kind of work. And AMC is a place for people who want to use their particular location to make changes that their institutions might not want them to. That makes me wonder what it was like for you, because I know you were in graduate school when you first started coming to the AMC, right? Yeah. How, I've never been to graduate school. (laughs) I have a lot of friends in that world, and I know that it can be difficult, especially for people of color, for women, and for people who don't come from families with educational access or privilege. And the AMC is is an education. It's a space where people learn. Yeah. I always tell people, I've never been a classroom educator, but I've done a lot of education work. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to say that, you know. Absolutely. Learning to facilitate and hold space to facilitate learning mm-hmm. in a collaborative way. So I'm curious to hear more about how you felt coming into this space as a graduate student, being in those institutions. You, talk, you can talk now about how you're... You're a scholar. You're a professor. You're <laughs> Professor Moya Bailey. You know? <laughs> but that all of the things that sort of led to this point in your life, like sure. what role did AMC play in that in particular in relation to your identity as a scholar? Absolutely. Thinker? I mean, AMC was where I first was politicized around digital tools. So we were doing and using social media, etc., to organize for a long time. And it was here that I was like, oh, this thing that we're doing is actually useful and a technology that needs to be celebrated for the way that it helps leverage movement goals and what people are trying to do. And so it shifted the way I thought about my dissertation and made me think about the digital also as a site of study for myself. So I was pre-med as an undergrad. I thought I was going to be a doctor, and then I fell in love with women's studies. And I went to grad school thinking that I was doing this, and I did a project about the history of medicine and how doctors are 
educated around different groups, particularly different marginalized groups, and how that impacts the way that they then treat them. And I was looking at the hidden curriculum, like how do medical students, how are they socialized around ideas of race, gender, etc. And I was looking at these old yearbooks, like these old, you know, this old social media and how it allowed them to circulate these ideas to each other, which got me thinking about social media in our current era and how Facebook initially has this yearbook history. I mean, that was the initial purpose of it. And so AMC kind of got me thinking about how do these digital platforms repurpose or recirculate all of these stereotypes and then impact the way that we live our lives. And AMC was so helpful in raising that question and then also impacting how I do my research. So the principles of AMC to transform and create, etc., have been guiding my own work. And I wrote an article about doing ethical research and how is that possible. And I used some of the AMC principles to guide what my ethics are in terms of researching with other folks. And people have found that really helpful. And it's because the AMC thinks about the humans connected to the technology and how we form it and shape it that I, too, I'm like, okay, if I'm doing this digital work, I have to think about the people who are connected to it. And AMC really opened up that for me. I'd add that AMC also has taught me a lot about teaching because being a graduate student, the kind of instruction you get around teaching isn't very useful. A lot of our older faculty were in it to be scholars. Like the teaching was secondary to them. But so many of the ways that I've come to learn about facilitation through the work that Adrian does and other folks here have just been things that I've implemented in my own classroom. And I do think that's one of the reasons students like my classes is because it's teaching, but it's also teaching with some facilitation and some guiding ideas about how to work with groups to get to, you know, what resources and gyms are in the space already letting students draw on their own knowledge in addition to what we're adding from the text. Those are all skills that I feel like I really honed at AMC. And those are all things that make someone a like dynamic and thoughtful scholar and educator. <laughs> Everything you're describing, I, I wish I had more of that when I was in college. <laughs> we're talking about the AMC as a place where relationships come first. Mm -hmm. If you said humans behind the technology and the relationships behind the humans, you know, or whatever, the relationships between the humans. That's what the AMC does for me. Absolutely. Um, Can you talk a little bit about some of the the important relationships that have grown from your time here? We've already mentioned a few. Yeah, sure. I mean, the projects, like Alexis and I collaborated on Pretty Black Girls for a long time, and we 
used to do these picnics in Atlanta during Black Gay Pride. And part of that was like bringing sort of this quirky element to those pride spaces. Also from AMC, I've built connection with so many people that I've met online, but to have real relationships with them. Sadet or Black Amazon, somebody who, you know, we've known each other, followed from different platform to platform, and then meeting in real life in the space of AMC. And then now, you know, somebody who, if I'm in the city of New York, if she's ever in Boston, you know, we're always connecting in that way. AMC really gives you an opportunity to see who's behind the handle in some ways, and definitely in those early days, that's what was so exciting. I remember one Tumblr meetup that Glitter Lion organized, and all of these people looking around and saying, oh my gosh, you're so-and-so from Twitter, you're this person from Twitter, you're this person in real life, and those connections being so powerful and people being so excited to get to know the people that they get so much energy from when they're not actually connected. How did that change your online relationships? Or did I it? think it made it stronger. Yeah. I think it made them stronger. And it it's one of those things where once people meet, then there's a different way of relating. There's a different level of trust. And that's an important dynamic that's left out of the conversation when people talk about online organizing or slacktivism, hacktivism, hashtag activism, etc. The AMC is a place where people who are doing that work have actually met, and that dynamic, and not just the AMC, but places where people are going back and forth between digital space and real space, that's not thought about enough, and the AMC is really good at allowing for that to happen, that ebb and flow between those two spaces and worlds. Online space and offline space. That, to me, is something that I think a lot about and learn through disability justice frameworks. Looking at these online spaces and online communities in a different way. Yeah. You know, that whole sort of the dismissiveness of the term like slacktivism exactly. or hashtag activism as being really thoughtless about mm-hmm. the ways that those communities can nurture and support and provide really vital resources Absolutely. and sense of community of people who can't be in the same room. Yeah. I would love to hear more about just the work you've done around disability justice here at the AMC and also about whether, and this is something I have no idea, I don't know anything about, but are there folks who are part of your AMC experience and community who who haven't met in real life, but who are sort of webbed into those relationships that Mm. are centered here? I definitely saw myself at the time as really supporting the disability justice work that was really led by Mia, Stacey, and Leah. And also Leroy was coming. Leroy Moore. Leroy Moore. And so the spaces they were able to create 
allowed non-disabled folks, which was how I identified at the time, to support. So we did things like going to get food so that people had food at different events, pushing chairs, leveraging the dorm to make sure that there was fridge access for those who needed it. All of these different things just happened, I think, because there was a vision for how we could do things differently that the AMC provides. Like, there's just so many possibilities. If you say you need it, we'll figure it out. And it's also been amazing to see those things that were created getting passed down into different generations or different iterations in the AMC program book. So after this major collective access moment, then you see in the program book notes about people being sent free, what sent free means, how to prepare to be sent free, and that also got built up over time. So I think perhaps in the first one it says, you should be sent free. And then the next one's like, oh, we actually need to explain what that means and how people need to prepare because that's not clear. And just providing and building all of these different ways that people can show up in ways that they hadn't thought about. And that language becoming something that exists beyond the fact that some of those folks don't come to the conference anymore or can only come sporadically, etc. You've actually touched on this a little bit, but how have you changed the AMC? Oh, okay. One of the ways I've changed the AMC is by who comes. I think I've done some really intentional work about getting my people here, and it was really exciting this year because two of my best friends from Atlanta were here, and I've been trying to get them to come forever. One's been coming for the last two or three years, and then one's his first year here. I was like, I've done it, I've done it. So trying to get people here and to see this space for what it is, and see how it can be really generative for all of the different kinds of work that we're doing. Also getting Ruha to come and putting it on her radar. That's been one way. And then I think what I bring to the AMC is trust. I feel like I'm always held in this space. And even when things are hard, I trust that the people here are working with good intention. And so that's one of the things that keeps me coming back. So there was, you know, when Black Lives Matter came for the first time, there were some venues that were not that were actually pretty anti-black and anti-trans and homophobic. And so that was a really tough year. And it was really tough because there was an influx of people who were coming to the AMC for the first time. And it broke a lot of trust for a lot of people. And because I had been coming for so long, I knew that it wasn't malicious, even though there was harm caused. And I knew that it was something that the AMC would learn from and that in the future it could be transformed again. And so that's one of the things that I bring is like the trust for transformation of the AMC and of people's best intention 
So now this year we, of course, did this Black folks at the AMC, and part of that was in reaction to what happened when Black Lives Matter came and those events that were so disruptive, but also a year later having so much black content that people said they were gonna present, but those presenters not actually making it to the conference. So there was one afternoon where Nandi and Tawana and I were sitting and then several people came by and were saying like, oh, I wanted to go to this session that was run by black folks and no one was there. I wanted to go to this session and no one was there. It was like something happened. There was a breakdown in terms of people planning to come, but then not actually getting here. And we're trying to figure out what is that. And so now being more intentional about how we show up for black folks, both in coming to AMC and for black folks in Detroit, feeling like they can access the conference as well. Because that was another bit of feedback that had come was that like, Black Detroiters also feeling like there's this invasion of folks coming, but like, is this really for us? And I think that is something that is a constant conversation, but with staffing and with board changes, I think we're seeing more black, more people of color in all levels of leadership within the conference and within AMP projects. I'm glad you're joining the board. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I am, because I think this whole conversation about capping registration and trying to grow the conference in a sustainable and principled way. Mm-hmm. Years ago, it was Danny McLean, who's a former board member, mm-hmm. black woman from Ohio, who's a journalist and a media maker, and a long, long-time AMC family member. Mm-hmm. She raised that point. She's not a Detroiter, but she had conversations with some particular black elders from Detroit who said that they were feeling less and less like it was a space for them. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, we could look at the registration numbers and see that they were growing. Yeah. So there's something structural there about that. And it's an ongoing conversation, but hopefully there is enough trust in the leadership of the organization. Mm-hmm to be able to continue to grapple with those questions and, mm-hmm. and make the changes at sort of an organizational and structural level. Absolutely, and I think this is what I'm excited about thinking through with the board because I know this started out as what an anarchist zine conference. So to go from an anarchist zine conference to being one of the main places where people are doing really experimental dreamy kind of activist work is very different because I mean as I've talked with anarchist friends before it's like burn all that down burn it all to the ground but here there's a real call what are we building what are we making and that's a very different energy and so trying to think about how the AMC wants to harness that and AMP wants to harness that going forward is really key. I mean, it's grown in some ways, I think, beyond anybody's wildest dreams. And now I think it's at a moment where it's time to reflect and see if we're dreaming what we want to be dreaming. So this year is the largest conference ever. How has your experience been this year? 
I think because I'm seasoned, you know, I know what to do and how to regulate. And this is also something about getting older, right? So the generation of planners, we're getting older. You know, Jenny has a kid now. It's very different from before when I felt like it was just like, go hard. Go to every party. Go to every party. Go to every session. Exactly. Also, I do miss some of that energy from that time, like when it was new and people were kind of just running around and also all of us being in McGregor together and being able to see each other going from session to session. There was something really beautiful about that visually. I remember one year one of the tracks had organized some kind of movement in the morning and so they were like running or jogging through McGregor at some point or doing some dance or something while people were going in between other sessions. I want AMC to also keep, as the AMC is growing because the leadership is growing older, still figuring out how to bring that next generation along. And so I loved, in the opening ceremony, the young people talking about their experiences and how they've been growing with the conference and thinking through what are the other ways that young people can see themselves moving into positions like Jenny's or Mo's, etc. And also thinking about how different it was, because when Mo came on, Mo was still older than Jenny was when Jenny started doing it, you know? So I just think that that's too says something about how we think about it. And not to put any value judgment on that, I'm just saying that there was a vibrancy, an electric current, I felt, in some of those early days that to me, as it's grown, it's gotten a little bit harder to feel that that pulse. Like the opening ceremony this year was really good, and but the energy of past AMCs where people felt really aligned, it just felt different to me. And I wanted to be a conference, but I love that the AMC is not like any other conference. One of the things that somebody said in our black folks at AMC session was that they didn't know they didn't have to put on their academic or professional drag, that they could have just come as they were. And I was like, that should be something that you know. Like, that should never be a question. You should never think that you should have to wear a button-down shirt to AMC if you don't want to. Yeah, so to me, that says something, too, about what the message is about the conference, how people are understanding it out in the world versus what it's like when they get here. It's interesting that you say that. I brought a coworker this year who is a researcher at a university, She's younger than I am. She's an herbalist. You know, I was like, yeah, you yeah. should be at the AMC. But she did ask me what she should wear, you know. And I was like, you could wear a fishnet bodysuit. <laughs> <laughs> and people with that bad eyelash. Exactly. They compliment you on your fishnet bodysuit. Exactly. She was like, okay, okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, because, yeah, again, it's people are just, you know, exactly. to expect a certain thing. When they hear the word conference... I did an interview earlier today where the person I was interviewing said they're like, it just feels weird to even call it a conference. Yeah. I I feel that way too. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's what we got. Yeah. Thank you, Moya. Of course. For taking the time. Is there anything else Uh, you want to reflect out 
perhaps for people who've never been? I'd say just feel free to bring yourself to it. It's a really participatory conference. So don't feel like you have to wait on AMC to give you permission for something to happen. You don't. I mean, I used to love the pop-up nature of things. I think one year, well, I know one year Zachary and I did like a QPOC makeout party and we just like passed out flyers and like set it up. Or there was, you know, a year where people decided to do whatever they decided to do, you know? They just sent out a tweet and organized it and people went. I don't know if that's because I'm getting older that I just don't see those things or if the folks that are coming now, that's just not how they feel like they want to engage the space, but that's one of the things that I love and hope can continue is people's feeling that it can just emerge and it can just happen. And this is the one place of all things named conference where that can happen. I'm grateful that you have been part of my AMC experience too for all the years I've been coming. Oh, thank you. Um, And I'm so curious to know what the next 20 years Absolutely. 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 All right. Join us next time for an interview with Chiara Gallimberti. To learn more about the Allied Media Conference, visit us online at alliedmedia.org slash AMC.